This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. And all of a sudden, the dog peed on the couch, which is just so annoying. Because normally he whines if he has to pee, and I'll just get him, take him down, bring him to his mat if I can't get him outside, which is often. And he just peed right on the couch. And like, what do you do, man? That shit soaks through. I mean, how do you, what are you supposed to do? I sprayed it. I, I used some wipes. I sprayed it with the spray. But Yeah, turn the cushion over and try not to think about it. It's not a, it's not a cushion, though. Yeah. It's, it's the base of the couch. It's like it built into the couch. You. Yeah. you know? So oh, it's like, man. Yeah, that sucks. I, I sprayed it. It smells good because the spray smells good with its chemicals that's in it. But like... I don't know, man. It's just annoying. Like, dude, just pee on the fucking floor. Like, I, how hard is that? Like, he can't get down. There. The thing about a dachshund is so, the good thing is, like, he's tiny. He's a mini dachshund. And so you can carry him, pick him up. It's like, kind of sleep on your lap or next to you on the couch. It's very nice. But at the same time, he's so short that he can't just jump down from the couch. It's too high. And right. we don't want him to jump down from the couch. Good. We need yeah. to get like a ramp. We have to actually get a ramp because we got one for the bed. We got one. For yeah. The well, we don't let him. We don't let him get in the bed. But like you know, just for the couch, then he can. Just, he would have just gone down. So it's my fault because I left him there. And like it's just you know two feet high. It's, you know, foot and a half high. It's too high for him. Dude is super short. You know, his legs are like six inches long. Yeah, our puppy. Uh, my son was playing with it and started crying and jumped up and left. And I said, when we tried to figure out what was wrong, and she, and she had eaten like a two-inch diameter of rubber toy. So we were like totally worried that our dog was done for. And we weren't sure if Mason was, you know, was right to eat such, because this toy was, you know, not small. Anyway, eventually the next day she, she crapped it out. So luckily we did not have any more serious, serious issue. But there was a foreign object inside her all night, and I was a little worried, a little concerned. So it's always something with these, with these pets lists. If your dog dies, I mean, you feel like a failure. A couple times, like I dropped him on his oh, head. Was, oh, you're, my, you're, yeah, like, you're like, dude, I didn't, I didn't do my job. Like I, I, had, I was supposed to take not realize we have this expensive puppy that's going to eat anything. What do you do? I was like yelling at my mom. Like I was feeling right. bad after. Yeah. It's just horrible, man. Yes. It's yeah. It's like having another kid for sure. Right. You're like, you didn't take care of this creature. Like it's in your responsibility and it died on your watch. So I, I started to feel bad, but uh, yeah, they're pretty resilient. They're, they're pretty resilient. Sorry for the urine smell. I hear you. That's totally the urine thing is I'm just uptight about this kind of shit. It may never smell whatever, but it's just like, damn it, you know, I could take my eye off the ball for like one second. It's super annoying. Yeah, totally. 
So uh, the other band, I, I think you uh, you kind of complained in your column because that's how I wanted to open this podcast is more complaining. It's just annoying. So I think we're in the same thing, same same situation. I, uh, you're frustrated with your your fantasy football weekend. I take it. Oh, it was horrible. But I was it, was it was going back five weeks, and I'll just get it real quick about the QB. So I, my two QBs I drafted were Dak and Burrow, and then after Burrow went down. I went through this litany of mistakes, and and one of the things wasn't even a mistake, but one week I had Baker in the first monsoon, and he was terrible. And then in the second monsoon, I was like, okay, this isn't just some overhyped weather situation. And it was like 15 minutes before lock, and I went to put in Danny Dimes. I can't remember who they're playing, maybe Tampa. I don't remember. Maybe it was the week after that. But like there was congestion on the site, and it wouldn't let me in. So I was I kept trying and I kept trying and I couldn't get the I couldn't get the move to take. And then it locked and Baker got nine and Danny Dimes got like twenty seven or twenty five or something like that. So that was bad. Then the next week, Dimes is on by, and so I so on the Saturday pickups, I went to bid for Taysom Hill. And the guy I was playing was the only one who outbid me, and he had Kyler Murray, who he started in Derek Carr on his bench. And to my knowledge, he's never used Taysom Hill since. So he didn't even, he just did it to block me. I won the matchup anyway. So all it did was cost me total points and it cost me a thousand bucks basically because I would, I wouldn't have made the playoffs. I figured out, but I would have got total point. I would have got third place, I think, in the points. So, so that, you know, I lost, so I had 12 points from Alex Smith. I was smart. I started him over Mayfield who had 10. Then the following week, I started Dimes and he got hurt. In like the second quarter. So he got like, I don't know, 14, 16 points, something like that. But of course, I lost half of his points. And then last week, it was either uh, Mayfield or, or Trubisky. And for some stupid reason, I decided to use Trubisky and Mayfield went crazy on my bench. So like every week, I drafted like the two best quarterbacks to draft pretty much. You know, if you're going to take a starter and a backup. And not only did they both get out for the year, but every week since... I made like a error that cost me at least 10 points. And one of them was just that congestion thing. It wasn't my fault. I mean, I guess I suppose I should have switched it closer, you know, further than 10 minutes before a lock. So I probably lost a hundred points collectively, you know, or 70 or 80 points collectively, uh, just from the shit. And I mean, the lineup decision is, you can't really complain about that because there's so many lineup decisions during a year, but the other ones were like, you know, just some shit. But I wrote about this and I'm violating my own rule in the column that, you know, it is what it is. It doesn't matter what your story is. It doesn't matter, oh, I could have done this and I would have done this and maybe I would have won that. I got unlucky with injuries or I got screwed by this thing. It's like, it's over, it's over. Forget it. Just forget it. Like, Who cares? Who gives a shit? Everyone has a story. Yeah, and I'll, I'll make mine brief. <laughs> I have my own. But last week, just, just to provide comic relief for this podcast because I bragged about being in first place in my NFFC Classic and Silver Bullet, which ends at week 13. Now, there's an overall component in one uh, for the playoffs, but uh, you know, one is 4,000 and one is 12,000, and that ended last week, and I entered in first. And I had uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on oh. the team, but, um, <laughs> and that was you know as about as frustrating as yeah. it's being active, inactive on a right. Sunday night. But that's okay, Liz, because Monday night, I had Antonio Gibson, Terry McLaurin on both teams, and Pitt D on both teams. So you just got got destroyed. I mean, Antonio Gibson left on his first touch. How does Antonio Gibson and McLaurin have zeros and Pitt D also suck? Please try to do the math in that, on that head. And and it's okay. I also had Mostert for the following night, too. 
don't worry. So yeah, so that that was just not the, the best. All four having the worst games of their season. I lost another matchup by literally 0.02 points. That was a thousand dollar swing. It's just <laughs> you're it's making just me feel better. You're making me feel better. It's okay. The Niners season is back on on track. I'm excited about that. <laughs> right. It's okay though because they're you know at least the Niners are. I thought they were dead. You know, but no, no, no. They're they're favored or or whatever. We liked them in that in our super contest picks even. But no, Josh Allen just ripped them apart. So it's a fitting. Uh, you know, not not my favorite fantasy football season let's put it that way yeah that's funny I mean, it does make me feel better I, one other thing that was funny is i was also playing i needed to get a win because I, I was more like on record than points like my record i had the best record coming in tied with this guy and the team i was playing uh you know i i did pretty well besides the qb and it wasn't like trubisky got a zero he got like 18 and i had like jonathan taylor and ty hilton and a bunch of guys that were doing well so i was like oh, i'm having a pretty good week you know maybe i'll get like well, you know I'll, I'll win this matchup and I look who he's got. I, and I didn't want to look who he had because I didn't want to be, I wanted, you know, I'd be miserable enough if my guys were failing and I was right. miserable enough about the Trubisky Mayfield thing. I didn't want to like also like every time some other guy score, I just didn't want to know. I just want to enjoy the games as little as I could, the meager amount I could enjoy them without like knowing what was happening to me. So I didn't check his lineup until maybe the start of the second wave. And I figured I saw that he had Darren Waller going and Corey Davis, mm. but I was like, all right, I can still win. Cause he had a couple of does. I think he had Gio Bernard. And then I was like, Oh, why did he start the Pats defense? They never score. They never do anything this year. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then, and like, and then they get the, you know, the kick return touchdown. And then I'm like, all right, well, at least yeah, they this, scored 31. This, in yeah, this, like 31. This, this field goal at the end of the half, at least will break their shutout. This is good. So of course it's blocked for a touchdown, you know, like, Oh my God, you know? And so I was like, just make it stop. So uh, yeah, it was, I'm telling the story, but, uh, but I really, uh, yeah, violated my rule again, but basically it's not that you can't tell the story. It's funny or whatever, but just it's fine to talk about it, but it's more just like in your own mind to think about it, to like agonize. It's like, it's over. It's done. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what the reason was. I was in the column. I talked about uh, my one day I was like, ah, Jaguars minus three home against the Steelers. That's a, that was a no brainer. And I was a Tuesday morning. I was talking to him. It's like 1997. I'm like, that was a no brainer. Jaguars minus three. And they won by nine. That's all I knew. He's like, dude, did you see the game? And basically the Jaguars are only up two and the Steelers were kicking a game winning field goal. So they'd already covered, but they were actually going for the win and it got blocked in return for a touchdown and the Jaguars won by nine. And, and I only saw the score and I was like, you know, I, I liked the bet. It was like my best bet that week. And I was like, I told you, man, it was obvious. And I had no idea what it, how it had happened. But then in the end, I kind of think like, who cares how it happened? It's just what happened. The truth is what happened. You know, block punts, all this bullshit. Now, if you're looking at something predictive going forward, then you have to take into account how it happened. If you're like, okay, let's predict for next week. But if you're just talking about the end of your fantasy season, it's over. The, there's no predictive usefulness. You're going to have a totally different team next year. Who cares? You know, you lost, you lost. What does it matter exactly the how? Yeah, I'll stop with the specifics, but I do have a couple general fantasy football questions I want to ask you about. The first one is in this classic league that had 12 grand on the line. Um, it, it combines first places head to head and total points. And I, I don't know if there is a perfect way, but what it meant is I was actually relying on a team to lose and like a, some team was in last place. So I was relying on them. Then they didn't put Devonte Booker in their lineup. So that's not really ideal. You know, like I know they, they can prevent collusion with trades, but me relying on win loss record with some stranger, they're doing the setting their lineup. You know, that's not ideal for $12,000 on the line. Um, you right. can counter that by having the points and tying it. The other thing is what would 
would you do in a home? What is your ideal thing for setting the playoffs? Do you just be it as it may? Or we used to do an artificial 10 point fake advantage. Wait, wait, let's, 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 take, let's, let's take out one thing at a time. Cause you're going to, you're okay. going to finish this question and then we're going to, it's going to be too, no one's going to remember the first question. All right, sorry. So sorry. what was the, what, the first question is, is what do you do with the fact that, you know, you need a guy to lose and you played this guy who he's playing and we, 13 you played him when he was at full strength but now he's kind of out of the playoffs and he's like doesn't even set a full lineup or doesn't set his best lineup in a national contest it's a lot of money on the league and right. on the line and, so, and it's you know you know there's no collusion there's no trades allowed but boy i'm relying on some stranger you know to right. set his lineup yeah i i mean it's not ideal and i think maybe there should be an instruction given like look just keep in mind have you know that there's an integrity of the contest and even if you're out of it you know and obviously you're not going to kill yourself to make a million moves, but like set the best lineup you can, you know, be conscientious. I would just have people say that, be like, hopefully you guys realize you got to make an effort here, but it's not that bad because it could go either way. There's no, you know, it's not like he's trying to do that to screw you. And it's very unlikely that somebody would buy a second entry just so in the unlikely event it got to that situation, they could screw you for somebody else. So yeah, so I think because it's not intentional, it could screw the other guy. It could help you. It probably did help you two weeks ago, but you didn't even realize it at some point. Or you're like, "Ooh, sweet! This guy had a dead guy in his bed. You know, he didn't even make a move. Week ten, he's out. He's totally. two and eight, and you yeah. don't even think about it. You're just like, you just take the W and, and move on. But then when you get screwed by it in week thirteen, like you're very conscious of it. Like, what, what the hell? You know, I need this guy to try. I don't think it's that big of a deal. So what was the second thing? So it was playoff seeding in your fantasy playoffs. Do you like, um, I like two of the top two seeds getting by six teams, make it, um, uh, my home team tried to implement some like artificial 10 point advantage to home field over the three seed or the six seed. Um, but I, I kind of like changing it to maybe picking your opponent. Cause that adds like a shit talking aspect as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Like your higher, say the three seed gets to pick between facing the five or the six, or am I thinking too hard into this? I mean, I think that's fine. I don't think it adds that much because there's so much randomness. Be careful who you pick unless the 60 just is so bad that it's so obvious, but everything's so, so much variance that I think the way we do it is fine is good enough. Uh, we used to do the, the coolest way we ever did it was my, my first fantasy sports league ever it was 1995 and it was mostly touchdowns. There were some hundred yard bonuses, but you didn't get like points for yards and it was old school before there were like, commission services to use you're scoring that by hand then. yeah scoring it by hand so you could add it up quickly and so we played 17 weeks and then i think we did use week 17 also and then basically it was the same six seeds like two guys with buys and then but the first round of the playoffs was in the wild card round and we'd have a redraft for the wild card round but like you know seeds three through six were then one through four for that round with the other two guys on by just like it would be in a regular playoff but the top seed got the first pick at each position so we did like a quarterback draft then a running back draft then a receiver draft then a tight end draft and kicker draft defense draft but the the first guy the you know the second seed got the second pick at each position and the fifth pick it didn't snake either so it's just like you just got the best picks but there was one rule if you had a guy on your team during the regular season you could freeze him so like i had jerry rice i made the play so i froze jerry rice you know, so he, you know, I still, I, he would have been the first picket receiver that year, but I got to keep him, even though I was like the third seed in the in the wild card round. So I got, I got to keep him. I think I won the first round, and then, then you know, in the divisional round, it's the same thing. But 
you know, the two guys with buys are the top seeds and the two winners are the third and fourth seed and you redraft for the divisional games. So you draft same thing and they get one, one through four, five through eight, doesn't snake. And then the, the finals are in the, uh, conference title games and there's just two guys drafting and the top seed drafts the first guy, you know, and like, there were upsets in that league. Like it happened all the time. You'd think that was such an advantage to redraft like all the top guys, but sometimes like quarterback one and quarterback two and quarterback three are all really close and somebody gets hurt or somebody has a monster day and surprise day. All those runs where like Eli went, you know, or Flacco was good in the playoffs and had some upset. There's been a lot of wild card runs through the playoffs and stuff. So yeah, it was, it was, yeah. it was really fun. It was, it was, it was like fun to redraft it too. And and then like oh, yeah, freeze a player was cool too. Yeah, I'd be into that too. I'm a degenerate. That's not a good fun wrinkle for sure. I guess I should say that we. I also think that everyone should do this too. The final playoff spot, the six seed, we have total points. So regardless of record, so whoever is not top five is total points. So that also maybe makes it unfair for that three seed because they're getting a team that's guaranteed with a decent amount of points. So I don't know. Like I said, it also introduces you know trash talking. You know, you want you wanted me, you wanted to face me. You know that type of aspect if you're in a home league or whatever. But I know this is all. There's nothing perfect with this. But um, uh, eliminating divisions and this, the more you can do total points, I think is just the the, the, the fairest. Yeah, I, to some extent. But I mean, the head to head thing has to mean something. Otherwise, why even yeah. have a schedule? You know, why not just sure. like have a big total points competition and then the top six teams make the playoffs and they're seated in that order? Yeah, yeah. No, I know it's just, it's just not perfect. But um, anyway, frustrating uh, football year for both of us. What else is going on, man? Uh, how's he been? I'm all right. You know, like personally, everything's fine. Everything's doing well. I, I told you about that property that we were buying in Portugal, and we just cannot close on it because we're waiting for this piece of paper. And this piece of paper needs to be produced by one of it's called a camera in one of the local jurisdictions where the house is located, the land is located. And so we and the sellers are just sitting here waiting for this piece of paper for like three months and it was also partly the sellers took two months to sign everything there were like six errors to this these people they're scattered around europe it's like it is so there's some things here that are so bureaucratic and backward and i'm almost like i don't speak portuguese very well at all barely and heather doesn't like to deal with this i mean she's dealing with she's like well, I'm, de- I'm doing what i can and all these places are known for their bureaucracy but i'm like i want to just call whoever it is and be like what the fuck is your problem this take you five minutes just get it done but these these people they just sit on it you know it's like it's not like he's so busy you can't just like sign a document print it out you know it's like we're waiting for this office to sign off on this thing but you need this kind of stuff to have everything above board and legal and in the books properly so, I mean, I guess it's going to happen, but like, I'm looking at like late December, maybe January. And we basically sent them like the deposit in August, September. And the reason that sucks is that like construction is going to be, you know, now I'm thinking, oh, it's going to take like two years because there's going to be bullshit with construction and all this other stuff. And so it's not know, just America with the messed up red tape. Oh, America is like, you don't even know how good you have it. Yeah, I mean, it's the, the red tape here's a hundred times. Maybe California is bad. But Europe's like California times 10. You know, so it's just making me think like, uh, what, a, what a headache. And, you know, my mom is 75. Like, I want my mom to be able to spend summers there, do this to, like, have a nice place for family to visit and stuff. And, like, they're just kind of, I feel like they're robbing me of this time. Like, how long is she going to be able to make it fly all the way intercontinental? She's 75, you know. She, it's not done until she's 77 or 78 or something. It's 
robs good years of enjoyment of the place. Well, it's why not, don't you get on the phone then and let them hear it? Then? Well, because I don't speak Portuguese and okay. oh, and, well, and yeah, also be, because yeah. there's no accountability. There's no one who's going to fire them. It's, the, it's not like a... I mean, normally I would in the U.S. I'd be like, what's going on here? You know, you just please just get this done. I, I don't know what the problem is. It sucks. And it's also it was also the sellers are just dragging their feet, too, with other stuff and everything. You know, to them, there's just no urgency, you know, and it's good in some ways. Like they're not all about the money and about, you know, you got to put your nose to the grindstone and keep at it. I mean, I get like the relaxation of this place is there's, there are nice aspects to that. But I just feel like, and it's not even, you know, it wasn't like a lot of money. It's not like I'm like, uh, you know, my money, whatever, with a deposit was very small amount of money by any U.S. standard. So I'm, I don't care about that. It's just like, they're just, they're just taking away enjoyment and life and living this place for just no fucking reason, except that it's just bureaucratic and slow. It's just, and those jobs, like so many of those jobs are just like these fake make work jobs that like people with connections get these government jobs that have good benefits. I mean, they don't pay that much, but they pay okay, and they're just like parked there. You know, it's like a DMV thing, or it's like the DMV, but the DMV is not even nearly this bad. I'm sorry to hear that. That's annoying. I had no clue it was like that. Like I would, have, I pictured it being a lot easier than than here. I pictured it being oh, worse. No, hell here. no, hell no. But, I mean, if you're connected, I'm sure it is. Like I'm sure if you're like a big developer, you like just you know have your insiders. Anything that's like this, you know, this isn't like it's not like Soviet Russia or something like that, but. Anything where, I mean, there's, there's negatives to just like rapacious, I hate developers and their taste is horrible and they ruin huge swaths of land all over the world. I mean, they're just gross, <laughs> cheesy, shitty construction, just completely cost maximized and just trying to, so like there's horrible things of, of, you know, having no regulations is bad too, but it's just, you get in these situations and it's like who you know and this red tape, it's, it's really bad. Yeah, no, I'm sorry to hear that, man. That sucks, and you got to be all excited for it. And like, you said, yeah, I was, yeah, exactly. I'm excited. I mean, I'm still, it's still cool. I mean, whatever. I'm bitching about this kind of stuff, but like, obviously, I'm lucky because I'm even in a situation where I'm like contemplating buying this rural. I mean, it's a middle of nowhere property. It's it's cheap as hell by U.S. standards, but like, you know, just the fact that I'm even dealing with like getting this is obviously lucky, but. It's just like it's it's not that like oh you know poor me it's just like there's no fucking reason for it it's just taking from people who would enjoy it for no reason it's not benefiting anybody that this guy's sitting on his ass whoever it is and not just taking care of this yeah it's just sitting there it's so frustrating <clears throat> do you have a do you have anything on your mind this week I have a couple but let me know you got anything uh, yeah I'm just feeling anxious I'm just you know if you're out there and you feel like something's deeply wrong you know like not like oh great yeah we're back to decency again you know we went through that and like but you feel like something's deeply troubling about the fact that you you can't even on Twitter talk about how's that vaccine doing is it been tested properly how sound is the process like how's the FDA oh the FDA's fast-tracked it so they're not they can't really do their full review but this is an emergency so it's different and or you know what's going on with the Texas? Just just sued the you know sued the other states for for the election and what's going on with that? Oh, that's disinformation. The the idea that like on our social media channels that like you can't talk about certain topics. I don't know. It might be total fraud. This Texas thing might be total bullshit. And just for background, you might not know because the New York Times does not cover this. The Washington Post does not cover this. CNN does not cover this. But basically, Texas Attorney General, I believe, sued Georgia, Pennsylvania, and Michigan, and one other state 
because they said that that they their election was done uh, improperly that the legislature didn't weigh in the rule changes that had all these problems and and if that's the case if that were true and and obviously the the results of those four states were somehow invalid and it swayed the election then you're basically disenfranchising the citizens of Texas who Texas had you know at least according to them a, a process that was you know according to their proper election laws and there's there's like an election there's some, there's some clause in the constitution that provides for how elections something something in the constitution I, I don't I don't give a shit I'm not like the I'm not going to do the legal deep dive I don't care there's a theory and there's an allegation put it that way and it might be totally rejected it might be uh, have some merit I don't know but you're not even allowed to mention anything to do with the election or it will be YouTube is banned it now and you know, a guy tweeted. He's like, even if this is a conspiracy, even if it's totally false, what you could the uh, the people fomenting the Russia conspiracy that Trump's controlled by Putin. That those videos are still up there. They, they haven't deleted those. So it's just like, to me, this is just very toxic. That certain if, if it's not the official line, this stuff is being it's too dangerous. You can't even bring up the other. Yeah, you can't even approach the subject. Yeah, it might be wrong. Maybe it's wrong. Maybe everything's on the level. Maybe everybody's doing exactly right. Maybe this, you know, you should be running out to get this vaccine. It's going to be the thing. All the other treatments, like this thing, ivermectin, which I saw another video that they said, oh, ivermectin, this is a anti-parasitic drug, and it is the best remedy that vitamin D, but especially ivermectin against COVID. And there's all these examples of nursing homes where people were on that drug for a different reason. Everyone else got sick. They didn't. Hmm. Okay. But I don't know. Maybe that's bullshit. Again, I don't want to be the forensics guy and get into an argument of which one is true because, you know, that's a bottomless abyss. You know what I mean? They're just going to have people pulling up. Oh, well, CNN says this, and they said this, and the Institute of this, and all these institutes and all these credentialed people argue this. Those people all lie all the time. Same with the ones I might cite. Maybe this thing that I read is total bullshit also, and it's some disinformation to get you to undermine something. Yeah, I don't know. I, I try to stick with people who seem reliable, credible, and earnest, but I don't know. Honestly, I don't. We, none of us do, really. But I just think it's the, the thing that doesn't bother me that I don't know or that people disagree or that our experts, I mean, it bothers me that our experts are lying, a lot of them, but it doesn't bother me that our experts make mistakes or that somebody disagrees. It bothers me deeply that one thing, as you said, cannot even be broached. You can't even have a discussion about it. You can't tweet about it. You can't say, well, I think, you know, what do you think of this Texas lawsuit? What are the merits? What are the, you know, what are the strengths of it? What is it? Is it legitimate? People might be like, why are you making a big deal? Who cares? It's just some bullshit thing. Why are you getting caught up in it? It's because the freedom to discuss something, entertain it, even if it turns out to be baseless, to me, it's just like, you cannot tell me what's baseless because you're not trustworthy. You don't have the, nobody has the authority to tell me what's baseless and what's not. How about let people speak freely and I'll decide what's baseless and people can decide and some people will be misled and we're obviously misled by that Russia hoax. And obviously misled by the WMDs in Iraq. Some people still think there were WMDs in Iraq, but or that Iraq had something to do with uh, 9-11 and all sorts of shit. That people were misled by the official story. And it's the official story that is the dangerous stuff that gets us into wars that kill mil- you know half a million people and bankrupt the country. It, it's not these like QAnon bullshit conspiracies or whether some 
some vitamin D works to treat COVID. That's not like a problematic piece of information, even if it turns out to be wrong. But it's just incredibly, incredibly stressful to me to be in an environment where, and it's not just, it's not just like YouTube and whatever. It's your, you know, I just read this post by this guy, Guru Anaerobic. Check this post out. Actually, I tweeted, did you you read that? I sent it to you. You sent it to me when? Maybe a couple hours ago. But no. Anyway, but basically, this dude is like, don't fear the dictator. The dictator will have resistance and people against him. Fear your next door neighbor. He's the monster. I told, I tell you this guy, it's a great post. It's like really good. It's like, it's like the monster is next door. The monster is the guy who will take, is the next door neighbor who seems reasonable, who will think your views are unreasonable and he will want to take away your freedom. He will want to oppress you. Your next, the, the, the seemingly reasonable neighbor. And that's kind of what I feel like. Like you can't even bring this shit up with people because people have taken their cues. They're like, oh, no, no, dude, don't, I, I, you know, it's almost like they'll turn you in if you're talking about the wrong stuff. It, it, to me, I don't know, maybe I'm just paranoid. I am paranoid, but I feel like that's no, the vibe it, I'm getting. No, it feels that way. I, can't, I mean, yes, no, it feels like you have to really be cautious about, yes, it, it's, uh, I see that now that you send it through Signal, um, but I will check it out. But yeah, I mean, I, that feeling is real, right? I mean, I don't know what to, to do as far as you um, being frustrated with it or whatever. I don't, I don't know. I don't know because it feels to me like it's only getting increasingly worse in that aspect. Yeah. Every week it's worse. It's like every week there's like more, there's like this dude in the New Yorker, like, or the Atlantic or one of those nutless fake neoliberal, you know, pretending to be intellectual, but actually just shilling for the empire and, and, and control of others. Try, you know, decrying how free speech is, you know, a problem because of all the disinformation. It's just these, these fucking people, you know, this is what the guy's talking about basically. Anyway, it's a, it's a great post. It's like such a, he's like the monster is your next door neighbor. He's like, it's like, that's who it is. It's, it's, they will totally reasonable and they'll think how you are is unreasonable and that your ideas are dangerous. That's just how I feel, you know, and people, you either, you either relate to it or you don't, but if you're feeling like something is deeply off, then there's other just know that other people are feeling the same way. Yeah, no, I'm uneasy with the situation as well. Speaking of good columns, Liz, what about yours, this, your wealth column? Oh, uh, you mean the, uh, this is a story. It was a fictional, uh, yeah. so you, you read that. I did read it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right before I was trying, you know, I kind of, I didn't give it as good a reason I wanted because I'm doing this, uh, I did a, a, a pod with Pina right before, but I did, I did read it. I wasn't sure if it was a metaphor, uh, but it was, uh, it was nice. It was good. Thanks. Explain it. it. It's a parable, which, you know, this guy's like, yeah, I made some money in my life, but not the most money, but I have a little bit and, but I, I have this deep uneasiness that not that I'm going to like lose 5% of it or someone's ripping me off, but that I'm, an abyss is going to drop out from under my feet. Like I will lose everything. I'll be homeless. Uh, the, the tax man will call and say, you owe back taxes from 10 years and, or you didn't file this form or you, there's some error and you did something. So it's like, how do, how do you preserve that? It's sort of outside of time because there's no technology or cell phone. And this guy basically accidentally on a hike, on a walk, finds this nook, he calls it, in the woods, deep in the woods, where something he realizes could be hidden really well. So he has this gold in his house. He has all these like secret places. He's hiding it. But he's worried because there's been robberies and they've been printing money in the local place. And ever since they started doing that, there's been more robberies and then the authorities have been confiscating gold and silver because merchants are offering a discount to take that and they don't want people transacting in it. 
And so he's worried both that authorities will come for his stuff or that criminals will come for his stuff. But when he finds this accidental nook deep in the woods, a little bit far away from where he lives, he realizes he can hide everything there. And as long as he has a good map of how to locate it, he can stash it there and it'll be safe and he can get it when he needs to. And he does it and he realizes that the, he starts to realize that now all he has is the knowledge of where the money is. He doesn't even have the money on his person, just the knowledge of how to retrieve, the exclusive knowledge of how to retrieve it. And because of that, it's kind of like lighter and more nimble. This knowledge, he can walk out of his house, they can burn his house to the ground and take everything in it. And yet he still has this treasure because it's in his mind. And uh, it's a powerful thing. And so he sleeps better at night. But I still a, say that's a metaphor for Bitcoin. Of, well, of, course, uh, of, of course it is. It's a parable about, okay. about Bitcoin, right? right? Yeah. I mean, that's all it is, right? You don't own it. You just know where to, yeah. how to identify it. And that's what cryptography allows you to do. But it's yeah. the same idea. I mean, it's not like transportable. You'd still have to dig up the treasure in this case and transport it. So yeah. Bitcoin's better than this. But it's, it's kind of a way of looking at it. It's like a buried treasure rather than having the treasure on your house. Seizable. Right. It's not seizable because it's just something you know about that nobody can really get. And but there's sort of another layer to it, which I was thinking, which is kind of like you know he's just got all this paranoia about his wealth being stolen. And in the end, he's like, you know, maybe I sometimes I, I think I just imagined burying this treasure, like because he makes a little extra money and he's, li- he's living off of what he's making, so he's not like he does. He has a modest lifestyle, so he's not like. It's, it's not like he needs that treasure to live. It's just sort of his savings and you know what he'll pass on to his, his heirs. But he kind of feels like, did I even hide that? Or I just imagined, did I hypnotize myself into thinking I have this buried treasure? And what does it actually even matter? Because now I'm relaxed. And it, it's sort of like, is there not a more direct way to peace of mind? Just imagine that you have this money rather than you actually have the money. Now, of course, there's a point where you might need the money if somebody really does bust down your door, burn down your house, or the authority sees what you do have, you know, what is accessible. But mm-hmm. uh, or if the authorities inflate what you do have to the point where it's worthless, you might actually need it. But the idea is like, is he also just sort of using it as a crutch, this buried treasure, this map? And, and really, like, why can't he just have the peace of mind of just having no security? Like, it's sort of like he needs this piece of imagined security even though it's it is, at least according to the story it's real to to sort of get a good night's sleep and move on with his life so there's there's like another layer of like what's the why is he why is it even necessary yeah no it's good stuff i liked it i'll check out the other one you sent me too um but yeah everyone should check out the wealth thing on your your twitter feed um what else you got Liz? that's really it man it's just this this like feeling Check out that guru anaerobic post. It's pretty dark. I should probably retweet it. It's just, I, I, even that I'm feeling, I'm feeling like self-censoring, you know, and, and I don't, I don't like that feeling. I feel like I, you know, I got to watch, not, not like I'll get in trouble per se, but just like there's, I'll probably retweet it now that I'm thinking that I'm actually, that I might be doing this for this reason. I'll probably just retweet it. Sp- not spike tweet it, but like retweet it just to assert like, fuck that. But that, that there's this permissible and impermissible types of discourse. And I feel like yeah, we pod, feel it on this pod. I mean, we feel it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I edit this pod, you know, and, and I, I feel like I'm more open on this pod than I'm on Twitter because podcast takes more effort. There's always like the Karen now and then will come in and give us a bad review or whatever. 
but so what? Um, anyway, that, yeah, that's it, man. That's it. I'm just, it's just, I have a very bad feeling about where things are going. And, you know, you look at like the Raytheon, the general that's on the Raytheon board that Biden is pointing to. Some yeah, I don't see a ton of encouraging uh, comments yeah. about the, uh, the, the, it's, the, the selection so far. You know, and it's like, of course, I mean, I would, this is exactly what I would expect, you know, like just the yeah, evil, evil, go any other way. evil corporate military complex, you know, just the military industrial wall street aligning to get its shit done. And, and there's a lot of people are like, you know, this lot, this COVID printing of money using this excuse and it's driving up assets. It's like they're, they're looting everything in sight now. Like, like think about it. If you are a, a very wealthy person, a billionaire with tons of real estate and tons of stocks and this QE and the negative interest rates is just fueling this asset bubble so huge and your wealth has doubled or tripled over the last couple of years for nothing. I mean, for doing nothing except owning Tesla and Apple and a, a bunch of stocks. And then like, so that's not like creating new wealth. It's not like Tesla's made these flying cars and everybody's with zero energy output and everybody's got this huge upgrading quality of life. It's just like they've, they might make something useful, but it's just whoever owns the stock has gotten rich. And so in the pile of money that there is, it's been transferred from one group of people to another. Now, I don't, I'm not a socialist, so I do believe wealth can be created. Like when electricity is discovered, that creates wealth for everybody, right? It's not just a zero-sum transfer from the guys who own patents or own companies that are laying down power lines or whatever. But, but a, a lot of this money is, is just, it's not really creativity. It's not productive creati- productive inputs into the economy. It's just simple asset. It's inflation. That's all it is, basically, which, which is, inflation is a transfer from one person to the next, and they're just basically looting the public completely right now. Yeah, I read a, I read a long Twitter thread on Tesla, uh, basically talking about what you're talking about and kind of comparing them to AOL, so probably not favorable to a lot of people listening to this. But, well, well I, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not, I've gotten given up doubting Tesla. I think maybe totally, it's totally, totally legit, totally, totally. and they're going to come up totally. with some shit that's like, it's going to reconfigure a lot of different areas, and now that, you know, software and hard, every, every software and hardware, everything's an everything company now. It's not like, well, Oh, Amazon's a bookseller, and then this, you know, everything's an everything company, no doubt. Know? And yeah. so, and so that you know that's that's fine. And and you know, Elon Musk, I mean, plant the seeds of a merger or something with with an American car company or something. He's he's bringing up lately. I don't know. I'm not really paying attention to him specifically, but I'm just saying I'm not going to be a Tesla doubter anymore because I feel like um, I just again I haven't dived into it deeply enough, and so I don't want to. Um, yeah, you know, talk out of turn. I've done that before, and I put money down. I know, I at least, know. at least I put money down on it and, and lost my own money. So I wasn't just talking shit. But I'd love to test drive one one, one day. Yeah, I, I'm all that's on the table. But my, my the, I'm just saying that like a lot of these stocks, and I don't care which companies that have gone crazy, um, are gone crazy because of the negative interest rate environment, and it's it's inflation, it's asset inflation. And some of them will actually turn out to be incredibly good companies, but I, I think it's like beyond debate that so much of the price appreciation to date is just simply the macro environment, and it's and that's a choice that environment. 
They could easily, they could easily have, instead of inflating assets, just given everybody like 20 grand, you know, instead of uh, lowering interest rates to negatives. They could, they could have done it that way. And I'm not even saying that's the best way to do it because I don't know. There's going to be second order effects to that too. I'm just saying that like every, if you're going to interfere and not let a crash happen because there would be some very bad effects of a crash, any, the way in which you choose to interfere is a policy choice. It's not just, oh yeah, you know, we just had to do this. Like there's many ways you could do it. Yeah, I know. Um, what boot edge edge might? I guess that would be an interesting choice for what the Chinese China ambassador or something like that. Did you see that? No, nah, I can't even talk about that shit. I can't even talk about. It. I, I don't know if you saw that video where that guy is speaking in Chinese is a Chinese. I don't know what he is. He's he's some uh, politician or executive level guy in China who's basically laughing at how they control so many U.S. politicians. And it made, <laughs> no, it, it made, I know. I, I, I sent it to you also. I sent you that link too. But they took okay. it down. The Chinese took it down. Uh, but it was, you know, again, that could he's, be some fake shit, just too. Mo- but he, he's just mock- laughing how he's just, in control. He was just saying how, like, you know, they when they needed to get something done, they knew who to talk to in the U.S., but, like, that Trump was a problem because um, he wasn't going along with a lot of the stuff. And then, but, I, again, that could be bullshit, that video. But And they took it down and... Who knows? I can't even think about it. The whole thing is just makes me ill. Like I, I, I don't know because I don't know. You know, when you start delving into that, is Biden controlled by China? That could be just as ridiculous as is Trump controlled by Russia. You know, it, it seemed like there was some shit with Hunter and all this stuff. But I mean, you know, Trump and Donald Trump Jr. had a meeting with somebody to get dirt on Hillary. I mean, they did. They were interested in the dirt. I think that was true. That doesn't mean they were colluding. It's just, but. There was like some tiny morsel of, so maybe that's all the Hunter Biden stuff was too. Oh, he was in business. He, you know, that, whatever. I didn't want to get into the, again, the forensics of that guy who testified and came on the Tucker Carlson shit. Like, I, who the fuck knows what's true? I, I, can't, I can't be the guy in that battle because I have no fucking idea. I'm just saying that the whole, the whole thing sketches me out so much. I can't even think about it. I don't even want to know. Like politics, I'm like none of those politicians have authority that I respect at all, and they'll make laws and shit that I have no control over. But I'm just like, I don't want to know. Just do whatever. Just destroy everything if you want to destroy it. I don't. I can't even. <laughs> I'm just like, how do I secure my peace of mind? And and I should probably just get off Twitter and collect <laughs> yeah. collect, collect as many email addresses as I can because I, I feel like Twitter with the censorship, I shouldn't be giving my creative force to Twitter and creating Twitter. Twitter exists because me and a million other people like me, 100 million other people like me, 300 million people, every day say what's up to everybody else, right? They make their joke. They write their article. They write their little story and they post it. They say something witty. They say something clever. They respond to somebody else. That's why Twitter exists. But this shit's now censoring points of view that the non-official points of view, when we know we get lied to a hundred times a day and I'm contributing to this platform for free, it, it's, it's crazy. Right. And, and so, but I get a lot out of it. My Twitter following is worth something. I don't, not just cash wise, but it's worth something engagement wise. So how do I extricate? I need to get emails. I need to do this directly because otherwise, you know, I'm participating in this fraud in this like totally, uh, you know, if if we're up to me, the Kantian maxim of act only on that maxim you'd will to be a universal law. Everybody should just quit and exchange emails with the people they like. 
Yeah, no, and you did quit Facebook to your credit, and it's obviously a lot harder for you with with Twitter because there are some so many pluses too. So, I guess is is the question is is it worth it to you? And I guess you're questioning that. But well, I mean, I hear you. It's it's not ideal. Whatever. I don't uh, the social media plan or whatever that I have is it's not that interesting. But like, yeah. all right, you want to talk some football? Sure. Let's let's do these games. I will say um, one. One thing I, I caught your XM segment today. I think it was today was Stefania Bell. Yeah, and uh, I, ha- I have to back you on the uh, the measuring the gum pockets. She was coming from a dentist appointment. She acted like she never heard of that. But yeah, man, yeah, your dentist should be measuring your 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 gum pockets, like you said, one, two, three, four, five. I'm with you on this list. Yeah, and she's all like, "Oh, I got a clean bill of health." I'm like, "How do you know? Maybe you had some fours and fives, and they just didn't even let you know." Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I yeah, like so, that. I like yeah. that. So we're gonna you be got, saying, you got. It's, you got crickets, so, you know. Jeff didn't say anything. Either, so I just wanted to oh, let Jeff you know, has no I, idea. I understood your gum pocket uh, labeling, and I'm, I'm with you on it. Jeff's like in the dark ages, you know. What I mean, he's he's like you know going through like he, some dungeon where they like you know he was in the worst dental. He's going to like the cheap guy in the plan. You got to you got to shell out outside the plan. You know, it's expensive, and he's, you know the guy in the HMO plan is going to be a barbarian. You know, you got to get those pockets counted. Anyway, I don't even realize. To to Stefania's credit, she actually went. I have been too scared to go. I have been the longest I've gone to the dentist because of this pandemic. Yeah, I haven't gone in more than a year, but but I uh, I do some oil pulling a couple times a week. I don't know if you know what you guys can look that up. You swish oil like a ghee or olive oil or coconut oil around your mouth for twenty minutes, spit it out, and then rinse out your mouth with salt water. Just cleans out a lot of bacteria, and I think it's really good for your teeth. So I don't know. I could be just completely fooling myself, but. I haven't had any cavities or problems since I started doing that. That's yeah, amazing. Coconut oil. What do you coconut, use? Coconut. I use coconut and ghee. I alternate. I think you can use olive oil. There's other oils you can use, but basically, don't you don't swallow it. You just kind of swish it around between your teeth, and the oil, you know, is antibacterial, antifungal, and it just sort of like wipes all the film and garbage off your tongue and your teeth. And you definitely don't swallow it. And after like 20 minutes, you spit it. And you can't spit in the toilet because it'll get cold and clog your pipes. 20 minutes? Yeah, 20 minutes. But you're just like swishing it around. I'm just watching like the morning football games on the Rewind when I do it. It's not like I have to, you know, talk to anybody. It tastes fine too. Well, well, you're not really eating it. You know, you're just swishing it around. And then you like spit it out. And then you get like a little bit of salt water and gargle with the salt water. And a couple sips of that and swish that around for... 20 seconds just to wash out your mouth from the bacteria and then your mouth feels super clean and you've uh apparently it works i mean i don't you know again it could just be a placebo it's certainly not harmful i can tell you that much yeah but oil pulling and not it, never heard of that yeah, you can, you can uh, i will look res- into that you can research sure. it yeah all right uh week what are we at 14 the finish line is here let's uh mercifully man it's like someone's like dumping right. your corpse over the finish line, picking you up and throwing yeah. your corpse over the finish line. Really is. All right, what do we got? All right, so the first game is Thursday. Pats plus five at Rams. I like the Pats. I like Belichick getting five. What do you think? Yeah, I took the Rams, but I don't like going against Belichick. It's Cam Newton playing from behind against that defense, but boy, I don't feel strongly about it. Okay, it's Jared Goff playing from behind against any defense all right uh titans minus seven and a half jaguars i think titans could smash here but i wouldn't lay more than seven so i took the jags yeah i took the points as well i could see derrick henry going crazy but that's not a very good defense for laying that many points on the road and glennon's uh you know competent okay cowboys minus three and a half at bengals i made the cowboys my best bet i know it's a sucker side but i think the bengals are 
like the Jets right now, and the Cowboys are bad, but they're just like lower middle class bad. So I lay the wood. Yeah, I took the Bengals here. Dallas laying more than a field goal after on the road after playing a Tuesday game. Too. Then, <laughs> exactly. again, then again, it's Brian Finley, possibly, right. so I'm not going to argue or something. And the Bengals' defense is also horrible, too. It's, it's really, yeah. 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 And I like the Andy Dalton revenge. I mean, he's he's was there for 10 years. It wasn't like, oh, he's Ryan Fitzpatrick having a revenge game means nothing. He was everywhere. But this is like his team, his city. All right, Cardinals by a two and a half at G-Men. If Daniel Jones plays, I like the Giants, but... I don't know that Daniel Jones will play, but I'll, I took the Giants. I mean, this goes against like a zigzag theory because teams are going in the opposite directions, but I still am sticking with that. Um, yeah, I like the Giants here. That era is, I think Murray's hurt and having to travel there against a team that's playing. I don't know. Are you happy with, with Judge's coaching performance? Very happy. I mean, he punts on fourth and short and plus territory, which is, which is uh, annoying. But, okay, fine. So that's like a quibble, but the more important thing is the offensive line has gotten better. The defense has played really well. And my guy Gettleman signed James Bradbury, Leonard Williams. Those guys are studs and team is, you know, it's a, it's a good team. And, and the quarterback, we'll see if he is good enough to stick around. And Barkley obviously was a huge loss for them. This team would be smashing right now with Barkley. Yeah. Rufus really liked Arizona, right? He he uh, he was right on the Saints last week, but that I was wrong. Notice when I sent in our Super Contest picks, I, I went off the uh, Falcons and went with the Jets instead, saving us for another two wins instead of one. I don't know if you saw that, but um, I uh, Rufus likes the uh, the Cardinals a lot this week, right? He, yeah, he, it was his only bet. He feels strongly about. I could see it. I mean, I mean, especially if McCoy. He split the difference between McCoy and Jones, which is probably the smart thing since it is about fifty fifty, uh, which one plays, but. The Cardinals have been the better team for a lot of the year, and yeah, just because the Giants have been a covering machine doesn't mean that this is the week. I don't know. I, I don't. I wouldn't. I don't feel that strongly about any of these games. So I wouldn't like say, yeah. "Oh, he's an idiot for thinking that." But but I just, the Giants have been taking down better teams than the Cardinals, and they're at home and getting points. Texas minus one and a half at the Bears. I took the Bears. I thought this was. A buy low. I thought last week they were good buy low, and they were until the last five minutes of the game, two and a half minutes of the game. And the Texans I had last week, which is is so frustrating. They just fumbled a snap on the two yard line. But again, remember my new rule: it just it doesn't matter. The story doesn't matter. It just I lost that bet. It was a bad bet. Uh, But I think the Bears. It's going to be an outdoor game. Could be cold, windy. Watson's missing all his receivers. The Texans defense sucks. So I took the Bears. But then I just heard that Khalil Mack is kind of iffy. How's this going to say? Let's use let's use the Bears. They lost six straight um, last week. They had to deal with that uh, Patricia dead cat bounce bounce. So um, yeah, that doesn't help both Max out and uh, Watson's really good, but still no Fuller and a really bad defense and in, in, in Chicago. And I, maybe I no Cooks. Out. Maybe no Cooks. He got concussed last week. Yeah, he, he would turn. No, I thought that. Oh, did he? Oh, I didn't realize that. Okay, I think he. I think he was just checked, and he did. Oh, because he, he just he just checked because he'd been concussed so many times that exactly. they were like, right. All right. right, all right. Broncos plus three and a half at Panthers. This is where I made the line. I took the Broncos because whenever I make the line exact, I take the team I don't want to take, which was the Broncos. Um, I took the Panthers, and now McCaffrey, I thought was actually going to was part of my reasoning. I know that's weird running back, but now he's probably maybe not going to play again. Um, whatever. This is a stay away. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a close, whatever that line seems right. Vikings plus six and a half at bucks. The Vikings are the right side with the line, but I just have a bucks feeling. So I laid the wood. Yeah. I like the Vikings. Um, the setup's not ideal. It's Tampa Bay coming off a bye, and the Vikings just played five quarters. 
But uh, that pass defense is, is vulnerable. And I think Cousins, uh, you know, he, they play down to the competition, but I feel like Minnesota will play up to it. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they win this game. But again, I also wouldn't be surprised if Tampa Bay coming off a bye suddenly blows them out too. It's a yeah. tough week. Yeah, it is a tough week. All right. Uh, Chiefs minus seven and a half at Dolphins. I really wanted to be on the Chiefs, but I wasn't willing to go beyond seven. Seven and a half on the road against, you know, I know the Dolphins are a little overrated, but that's a big number for another you know, decent team. So I take the dolphins. Yeah. I use chiefs in the staff picks, but I was hoping to get seven. If you seven and a half, I obviously like it far less than Tua is basically on banking on just a bad game for him. But you know, he actually had like a really long pass. that went off the hands of someone last week. that would have been like maybe like an 80 yard gain. So which would have changed his overall line significantly, but I don't know. I still think he's raw and he's, I'm waiting for one of these games where they, he gets behind like against Kansas city and it turns ugly. So that was just my thinking there. Colts minus two and a half at Raiders. I kind of like the Raiders. I know they just got destroyed in Atlanta. Then they should have lost to the Jets, which is ridiculous. But like the Colts do that dink and dunk kind of long drive thing. And the Raiders can do that too. You know, Gruden's kind of a good play designer. Carr is accurate. Carr's like a better version of Rivers right now. He's like a more accurate, less error prone, but like not a dynamic guy really. He's, he's kind of like a better Rivers and I think they can just kind of go back and forth, and this will be a tight game. So took the Raiders. I made the Colts my best bet, but uh, like I said, didn't feel overly confident about this week. Um, it feels like an obvious side, giving less than three. The Colts are, you know, they're seemingly better. Um, DeForest Buckner is back. The Colts should have lost to the Texans last week. And the Texans just yeah. fumbled the snap at the two-yard line on second down. It's like, dude, like... Yeah, Watson's uh, awesome, and the Raiders are just outplayed by the Jets last week, and they have not played well at home all year, especially defensively. So, uh, whatever, I hear you. I hear you. I mean, yeah. it's, Rivers has a hurt foot too. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, not, it's not great. I, I got you. All right, Jets plus thirteen and a half at Seahawks. I made this line exactly thirteen and a half, so I kind of want to take the Jets because the Seahawks are just not a good team. I mean, they've got a few good players, great players, but the rest of the team's terrible. So I held my nose and took the Seahawks, which is a weird thing to say. But the Jets were the team I clearly wanted once I realized I was right on the number. So I took the Seahawks. Uh, I took the points. I think the Seahawks are going to try to be physical and run Carson far too much. And the Jets are whatever. Their defense isn't horrible. So it's a lot of points for a team not playing well, great. Darnold could you know throw three touchdowns against the Seahawks. It's not even out of the question. So, But I still took the Seahawks. All right, Packers. I don't give a shit. Packers minus seven and a half at Lions. I took the Lions. I felt like on the road that was a big line and showed some fight last week. So give me the Lions. Yeah, without Patricia, Stafford suddenly started throwing the ball downfield like he was last year. Nine point six YPA in Chicago. Um, so I'm with you. But the, the Packers have played far better than I've expected all year, though. So I mean, they just he Roger stands are protected all game. So wouldn't be shocking if another blowout, but uh, I, right. I took the trip because because Rodgers is legitimately good and the offensive line is top five in the league and Adams and Aaron Jones are totally healthy. So, mm-hmm. you know, against a shit defense like you're right, like Stafford could shoot it out with them. But like if the Packers put the pedal down, like, you know, you can easily see Stafford making a couple errors and falling behind no Galladay. I mean, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. bad. All right. Yeah. Falcons minus two and a half for chargers. I took the chargers, but you know, I mean the chargers, it, it doesn't matter who the, what the names on the jerseys are with those guys. Like they're just so poorly coached. It, it doesn't matter 
I mean, you, th- you look at the names on the jerseys and even like the defensive players and you're like, this team should be good. This team should be a playoff team, <laughs> but they're so poorly coached that it doesn't really matter. But I took them anyway, getting points at home. I took the Falcons kind of expecting to possibly be on an island in staff picks there just because um, it, it would be a pick we typically make this the home dog coming off an ugly loss. But uh, Falcons are, have been really good since they made the coaching switch. And even last week, whatever, they lost to a really good Saints And they were in team. that game. I mean, they were right in that yeah. game. You know, so. And now Julio Jones is ostensibly healthier. And just the coaching, Anthony Lynn, that special teams is an absolute joke. Last week I said, I'm not fighting it this Pats game. Right. I mean, I'm, and, and, and the coaching was, you could not have seen a wider gap. So I, I took the Falcons. Yeah, I probably regret taking the Chargers. I, you almost always regret taking the Chargers, no matter what decade it is. Seriously. Right. Saints minus seven at Eagles. I took the Eagles only because Jalen Hurts is taken over. He didn't play much, but he looked a lot better than Wentz. And I'm assuming it's Taysom Hill still. So on the road, uh, Saints are a great team, but I took the Eagles. Yeah, I'm with you here. Though let's ugly it up. Uh, Taysom Hill has seven fumbles the last four games. Um, their defense is obviously really legit, but uh, outdoors, uh, yeah, I take the And points. the Eagles' and defense I, I is good too. The Eagles aren't bad defensively it was just that Wentz has been so horrible and so I think Hurts if he's even decent I think it'll you know that's a lot of points at home all right football team plus three and a half for the Niners I I was right on this line and I wanted to take the football team so I had my I forced myself to to take the Niners Uh, they look so bad defensively I mean I've never seen like third and six third and four and Josh Allen just throws to a wide open Cole Beasley or Stephon Diggs. Like not even, so I've never seen third down conversions where there was less resistance. And I was like, God, what is going on here? And then they couldn't even run the ball. But and the Niners are very up and down week to week. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take them. Definitely missing some guys on defense, but Sherman is back relatively healthy and, and just a, a total egg laid by the Niners defense. Robert Sala, man, I mean, he was uh, – Shanahan had to beg for him to keep his job, and then he's – it looks like he's going to over to the favorite to take Patricia, but, man, he has not been good when the personnel is not elite and the mid-game adjustments have been a problem. They didn't – what they – the Bills had to kick a field goal at the end of the first half because the half was running out, and then they didn't have to kick until a punt with, like, inside two minutes. Like, they believe they were all – all touch scoring touchdown drives. It was, it was ugly, but um, I'll take the Niners this week. And it's that lines moved down to three, by the way. Okay, good. Steelers plus two and a half at bills. I took the bills. I'm a little worried. It's recency bias. Cause they look so good against the Niners, but I'm not that high in the Steelers and I could see them losing two in a row. I could see them short week and just, I guess the same length of a week as the bills have though, but just the, the Steelers are the ones traveling and just sort of, all right, like we're not an 11-0 team. We're not even an 11-1 team. Like, let's get back to the pack. You know, this thing where it just corrects now that they've gotten that loss. And I think the Bills, uh, with Tredavious White, ever since he came back, the defense has played better. And uh, I think I just think they're at least equal and maybe the better team. Yeah, I agree with you and everything you said. We're buying high with the Bills, and, and uh, Pittsburgh's coming off their first loss, but I don't care. I still just seem like Allen looks really good, and this Pittsburgh team just looks so you know thoroughly mediocre on offense. Yeah, give me the Bills receivers, quarterback over the Steelers. That I don't know if Pouncey's back or not this week, but their line didn't look great. So, all right, finally, uh, Ravens minus one at Browns. I switched this one. I had it Browns as favorites, and then I just thought about it more, and I'm like, the Browns, 
They look good against the Titans, but the Titans, I've never seen someone have more time to throw than Baker Mayfield last week. And uh, I think the Ravens probably are the better team. They crushed them the first time. I know they've had some injuries since, but Lamar Jackson looked pretty good, and uh, I'm laying the wood. I went Browns here, Miles Garrett back. Uh, they, they had a lot of time because they're running a lot more play action. Just the coaching so much better. But, yes, they beat up a really bad Tennessee defense last week, much more difficult against Baltimore. But uh, my main reason I went with Cleveland here is this. I'm not a believer in Lamar's passing right now in Baltimore. I think it's, it's a real issue. So uh, give me the Browns at home on Monday night. Yeah, they he made a really nice throw to Marquise Brown, and he's got to have the running game going. They did against Dallas. I mean, he was weak. But I think they'll run against the Browns. And once you start gashing them with those big runs, then the passing game gets easy. So I'm going to say they do it. All right, so it's going to be tough to get five, but you know we're so out of this that I'm not really going to you know fight yeah. too much. Uh, let's, get, let's do the Cowboys, the Bears, Cowboys, Bears. Uh, you can take the Colts if you want. I don't care. Yeah, Lions, okay. Cowboys, Bears, yeah, Colts, yeah, Lions. And Eagles. How about that? Or unless you want the Niners. Unless you want the Niners. No, no, no. I like Eagles more this week. No, no, no. No, I was actually back and forth on the Niners. Um, uh, Alex Smith Bowl. But no, no, I like the Eagles more. Um, We can talk more on the XM show. But yeah, Bears, Cowboys, Colts, Lions, and yeah, definitely Eagles. I could see the Eagles winning that game outright. I could too. Um, All right, man. Good stuff. Yeah, bad, uh, bad year. What? At least we went two. So we did. We did. Ultimately, we we went uh, two and three. Back to two and three. We went one a couple weeks ago, though. We didn't do it all year. I think we We had one week with one win. I mean, if you again, I would have been like, oh, we had a great year. Uh, You know, we only went one and four one week out of fifteen, fourteen weeks. That's not bad. But uh, (laughs) we don't have a three win. Do we have a three? We did have one three win. I think we had a three and two one week now, yeah, but we have had zero fours and zero fives and only one three. And you just, it's not going to pay the bills. Yeah, it really isn't. Uh, so oh, there's always one last thing. Uh, I started watching this show Atlanta. Do you ever watch that? Oh yeah. It's great. Oh yeah. yeah. So I just watched the first two episodes. It's, it's good. I'm, I'm into it. And I like that. The oh, it's short very too. different too. Every episode will be different. You know, some you know you might not be into, but then the next week will be totally different. But oh, I fully recommend it, man, yeah. a thousand percent, absolutely. Which has one of my favorite episodes. Uh, I can't wait till you watch. I believe it's the season two, though. So okay. we'll talk about that. But, yeah, I, I no, just got I just got to the one where he's uh, he gets arrested. Oh well, you know his his friend Paperboy shoots the guy, and then he, they both get arrested, and, and Paperboy gets bailed out. But he's just like sitting in there waiting to get processed so he so he can get bailed out. And all this, like the, the characters in the in like the holding pen where they're in, it's just so bad. It's so depressing. It's so hellish. But it's like it's like funny. But no, Don, Donald Glover is a, a borderline genius, and that's a great one to end with. Atlanta, fully recommend. I think it's only been two seasons. Actually, it started 2016. There's only been two seasons, so you can jam through those quick. But I'm glad you're. Yeah, definitely keep us keep us updated on how you're enjoying it. Yeah, we'll do. All right, man. All right, two, two and three, we can do it.